Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now then, you two. I've been hearing all this about whether you should iron your underpants or not. Now, this be old grey whiskers, and if I don't un- iron my underpants, they get all crinkly round the knees. So, i got to iron them. And then when I does iron them, they got so all crinkly round the bum. Now, can anyone tell me how's the best way to iron a decent pair of long johns so they don't get crinkly round the bum or round the knees? That would be a great help. Thank you very much. I'll sign off for now then. Bye-bye. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Lancaster Thursday Gregson session. Folks, this is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the tasty dinner that is Royfield Brown, and with me have the squash Wellington that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Krusty and Philip's non-romance, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum De Dum comes from Fiona Frank and the Thursday session. It's probably, well, no, probably about it. I say it's the most accomplished Dum De Dum we've ever had. Uh, in terms of people getting together on a Thursday and just bashing it out. What do you reckon, Lucy? Yes, absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. And it, it also makes me want to sing to the tune, which considering I've now heard the tune 852 million times, the fact that I still <laughs> want to sing to it just shows what a good version it was. <laughs> and it just shows you what a wonderful thing um, the whole world of Ambridge actually is, because in these in these terrible times of coronavirus, basically... Yep. That is going to save your life, folks. Just saying. Hum that for the duration while you're washing your hands and your hands will be sanitised and all clean. There'll be no coronavirus on them. So you'll be able to live. That's the power of the archers. Life and death. Saving lives since (laughs) 1951. (laughs) (laughs) January the 1st. Yes. Uh, Now, uh, one thing which will also help save your life 
is if you keep free this date, May 16th, Dum De Dum Live will be in London. Yes, and it will save your life because if you don't come, we will kill you. So there we go. There That's you go. Why. Right. That is one public gathering which the government are allowing. Dum De Dum Live. Yeah. So can... It's the only one, in fact. Everything else is shut. Only that. <laughs> absolutely oh there is another little public gathering which uh boris johnson and his cronies are allowing you to attend that is drinks on april the 2nd oh yes also that one yes yeah there are two there are two lucy and here is a little message about that Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Just a little admin note. Drinks Thursday, 2nd of April, still on. Central London, still on. Um, I'd hoped to confirm a venue uh, near Oxford Circus, but the manager was off last week. So I will try and get to that sorted this week and (laughs) and get back to you. But keep it in your diaries. See you there. Bye. All right. So. Did you just mutter Corona halfway through that? (laughs) a child i know (laughs) (laughs) and Um, i'm such a child for laughing equally so there we go (laughs) well if you can't laugh about these things what can you do what can you just wait till you die that's what you can do in it though exactly right i'll tell you what i was mm -hmm. in the gym this morning i beg your pardon (laughs) i was in the gym this morning (laughs) i didn't know you went to the gym well, there you go. Life is full of surprises, Royfield. Mm. And um, there was uh, two ladies swimming up and down, and one said to the other one, I'll tell you what it is, it's all them Italians that don't wash their hands, she said. <laughs> that was the whole reason for coronavirus, is Italian people not washing their hands. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, and then they were, there were three old chaps in the corner, in the cafe bit, talking about people hoarding loo roll. Mm. And um, they were very nice old gentlemen, or appeared to be. They're drinking their coffee. And um, one said, did you see Joyce, somebody down their road, apparently. Joyce in wait- she got in a Barney in Waitrose because she was <clears throat> trying to buy too many loo rolls. Mm. And the other, the, one of the older gentlemen said, well, she does have a big ass, So maybe <laughs> she uses a fair bit of it. <laughs> Absolutely extraordinary. So there we are. <laughs> it's people with big asses. It's their fault. Mm. <sighs> and the Italians. Italians with big asses. It's probably, yeah, you could probably narrow it down to one Italian with a big ass who's caused all of this fuss. <laughs> well, the whole thing oh. of uh, yeah, cleanliness, countries and cultures and cleanliness, it's very geographically kind of like specific isn't it because it generates the country next door that says the other countries that they're, they're yeah. dirty buggers filthy and filthy dirty yes yeah. and the one thing which i remember from when i first started going to europe in the 90s was us brits have a real bad reputation when it comes to cleanliness mm. especially yeah. the italians the italians just think oh we're the worst there's no b-days yeah. how, how, how no. can they be clean just saying Right. Anyway, it just just came to mind. I don't know why. Anyway, there's some stuff in red, Lucy, and, and you're and you're you're on the clock today. So you best chop up. Uh, no, go, I am. Chop on. Um, Get on. Chop on. Chop on. Chop on. Um, if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on o two o three o three one three one o five, or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Uh, thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton Yay. for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices. And to Derek for Load of the Back Bedroom. 
Uh, Derek and Auntie Cardboard have uh, self-quarantined themselves at the laurels. They've kept themselves busy in the games room playing snooker. He was trying to sink the pink, but she distracted him by fiddling with his balls through the pocket. (laughs) Well done, Mucky Freeman. Right, folks, on this week's episode, we hear calls from... Huh. Right, Lucy. Uh, Okay. What? You haven't put in who oh. who goes. I've got it. I've got it. I, I can, Listen, tell them. I can tell hold them. this down. Chill. All right. Iris, All right. Christopher, Witherspoon, Ben, Merlin, Marda, Babs, and Trev. Some controversial comments coming out from Trev in this week's call. Actually, hmm, not happy about that. <laughs> and Carolyn. But first, before all of that, is our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. <laughs> We began the week with Robert and Lindy Bottom. A week later, and I'm still no clearer how old Mungo is, he did a drawing of birds in trees, which took a bit of figuring out, apparently, but he didn't stop talking about what a lovely time he'd had trekking around the nature reserve. So now I'm completely lost. He's either a really dense infant or a terrifically precocious toddler. Well, it matters not a jot, because we won't hear from him until he turns up in Ambridge when he's 17 and gay and proceeds to seduce Henry or something. Good mm. luck with that, Mungo. <laughs> Over at the bull, Jeline was hanging a banner announcing the open ceremony of the Bat Ambridge. Lillian turned up as apparently despite running a busy property business single-handed, she's got hours to just pitch up and help out a pub with no customers, which already has two full-time members of staff and a barmaid. Anyway, the banner said, come and celebrate our insane decision. Jolene said they were trying to tempt the locals back, uh, which made them sound like something on Spring Watch. We left out a trail of scampy fries and some Fanta for them, she said. We caught them on CCTV sniffing about, but then Kenton made encouraging noises at them through his megaphone and frightened them off. Talking of Kenton, he had made what sounded like a completely revolting cocktail. Cranberry juice should only be used as a cure for cystitis, and even then (laughs) only when mixed with vodka and Cointreau in the form of a cosmopolitan. It makes your mouth crinkle up, it's so sour, and is one of those weird drinks that makes you thirstier after you've drunk it. It was good enough for Emma and Gav, though, who both sat there giggling like idiots with cocktail umbrellas up their noses. Can you hear a growling noise, Emma? asked Mm. Gav. There was a clattering noise and Ed leapt out from behind a shire's barrel. Can I walk you home, Emma? He said keenly. Oh, sorry, Gav. I seem to have knocked your drink into your lap and need you in the groin there, mate. The next day, a hungover <laughs> Emma called Ed over to patch up the window as Georgie had thrown Kira through it. He wasn't busy. It was fine. Ed just happened to be crouched outside the French windows of Ambridge View, tying his shoelaces when she rang. Thanks, Ed, she said. What would I do without you? And thanks for spending a load of money you haven't got and buying a load of revolting tat I bought, having been inspired by Pinterest and Mrs. Hinch. And thanks so much for reading to Kira. Oh, there was something else. What was it? Oh, yeah, I want a divorce. Could you pop round tomorrow and fit the glass for me? Bye! <laughs> we got shot of one whole storyline. Actually, one single solitary storyline. Johnny finally told Krusty and Linda that Freddy wasn't trying to sell him drugs. He was trying to flush his packet of spam away down the bog. (laughs) So, can we let it go now? No, because we're now doing that bloody technique again where the person who wants to say a thing doesn't Mm. say it, so a misunderstanding limps on. 
If I've messed up and need to apologise, I begin the conversation with the words, look, I'm really sorry, but da, 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 da. I know it's done for plotical reasons, but I am positive that it is one of the things that makes listeners want to throw objects. BBC sounds, music, radio, a shit interface and infuriating plot devices. <laughs> Freddie is leaving Auntie Shula and has the dubious honour of taking the room that used to be Hannah's at number one, the green. He will lie there under his Top Gear duvet cover, the old Top Gear, not the new one, mm. staring up at the ceiling and wondering what that buzzing noise is coming from under the bed. What Hannah did with all those butcher's hooks in the ceiling and whether Johnny knows which app it is that makes clothes get clean again and folded and back in your chest of drawers. <laughs> Over at Gay Grables. <laughs> Mr. McLeod in room 103 is complaining about moths hitting him with coat hangers. I love the fact that Roy and Oliver find it so hilarious that they clearly run a shambles of a place and all their guests hate them. No dry cleaning. The kitchen's literally full of shit. Your breakfast gets cooked by a drug dealer on a primer stove in a corner of the dining room and your wardrobe's full of psychopathic moths. Krusty's worried that Philip is going off her as he pretended to be going somewhere and really he was going somewhere else. I can see why she'd be a bit twitchy, but it's not like her wedding's not going to happen for the second time because the bridegroom has either died in a freak drains accident or had a massive heart attack due to stress, is it? Is it? Oh, anyway, really what he was doing was finding a wedding venue, which he has done. Mm. It is a hut on top of a hill called Parker Knoll. He said it was a hill like Lakey Hill, just in case Krusty wasn't sure what a hill was. He then pointed out that there were views all the way around. Yes, that is what happens when you are on the top of a hill. That is why people climb up them. See Everest. Krusty, if he does expire before your nuptials, I'm beginning to think you'll have had a lucky escape, but don't do that screaming thing again, love, as you'll sprain something. Over at Bridge Farm, things are still as balmy as ever. Mm. Tony suddenly revealed his true colours as the world's only married incel when he declared that he was such an... <laughs> harsh, Lucy, that's very harsh. <laughs> When he declared that he was such an unreconstructed man that when they got married, Pat did all the cooking. That's really shit having to cook at your own wedding. Anyway, he said proudly that he'd never made a cake in his life and referred to looking after his own children as babysitting. You don't walk your own dog and say you're a dog walker, Tony, you burk. I want to know how you stayed married for 45 years, said Tom, and I think we're all beginning to wonder that, but not as keenly as Tom, whose wife only lasted a month. Now, here's the thing. I love this. When they were in a cab coming home drunk from an unsuccessful cocktail evening in which Natasha had tried to thump Tom in the face when he accidentally woke her up. Yes, it was that exciting. The happy couple had a hiccuping discussion about moving Natasha's fruit juice business to Bridge Farm. Not the trees, she said helpfully. Tom mentioned this casually to his father, who immediately said, no consultation with anyone, yes, OK, let's build an extension onto the pack house. Another extension? Bridge Farm must be the size of Windsor Castle by now. <laughs> also, we've all heard Bridge Farm have a family meeting about whether or not to buy a book of four stamps or to splash out on the six before now. <laughs> but when it comes to the... Ma but when it comes to the massive, huge financial decisions, yeah, whatever you've decided when you're trying not to hoy down the side of an Uber. So as this madness continues, Tom also manages to lose the ring of his wife's dead uncle in a cake, which sounds like a phrase Duolingo would try and get you to translate out of Mandarin Chinese. Anyway, I'm sure it'll turn up. Hopefully wedged in Natasha's esophagus. 
Now, as the cliffhanger <laughs> of the week was Krusty saying, looks like we are going on that mini break then, which was straight out of the Crossroads playbook and has also made me hate Krusty now as she uses the word mini break. I am going to finish with something else instead. They really are a bad-tempered, awful set of self-involved monsters at Brooker's. At least once a week, someone pops out of the farmhouse and says, what are you doing? And the other person says in a surly fashion that they're doing something deeply unpleasant, like scraping the yard or licking out the septic tank. <laughs> the first person says in an anguished voice, oh, but I was going to do that. And then the other person says naughtily, yes, but you didn't, did you? Last week it was Ben and Josh. This week it was Ruth and David, practically word for word. Then Ruth said to Pip, well, mud sticks, talking about Josh. And Pip then repeated it back to her two seconds later. Have they got senile dementia or have we? Maybe it's a test. Marjorie Antipas <laughs> will pop up next week and they'll see if they get any calls just to make sure we're listening. Josh took his best tractor for a day out to the market. And knowing Josh <laughs> came back with two more that he hadn't paid for. And the entire family was staggered that he was not welcomed with open arms. He hasn't even been cleared yet. Look at Freddie. He can't open a packet of Tic Tacs without Linda getting him in a headlock. Yes, you are archers, <laughs> but not everybody cares. Ben's birthday is coming up and stupidly just because his elder brother and sister and elder sister were given a car for their 18th thought he might too. Au contraire. Oh Ruth, isn't the barn looking smashing after all the millions of pounds we spent on it? Yes love, I think the champagne hot tub and the remote control sliding roof works really well. I'm so glad we followed our gut instincts and spent £75,000 having done a sum total of jack shit research. Don't be ridiculous, Ben. Money is a serious business and we don't have 1,500 quid for a car. Ben, why are you surprised? Have you not been paying attention? Ruth and David don't operate on normal parenting lines. They make Kim Kardashian look like super nanny. Unless you've got four <laughs> legs and a tail, they are just not interested in you. Try dressing up as a cow. They'll take much more notice of you, Ben. And if nothing else, you might get a visit from the AI man. Happy birthday. The end. Oh, triumph. Well done, no. Freeman. Gags, <laughs> social commentary and other stuff in there. Festooned in your monologue. Well done. Well done. Enjoyed that. Uh, right. Uh, I don't know what. Should we just go on to calls? Because. Yes. Um, I'm cross yeah, about a lot of things. Than and I'm sure they'll all come you? up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Lost. So we're going to do that then. Right then. Smashing. Yes. I will... Do this. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first off, top of the shop, it's R. Christopher, the man with the voice. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Christopher um, in, uh, in self-isolation, um, or, or North Lanarkshire, as it's uh, sometimes known. <laughs> Um, right, Kate and Jacob, um, I take your point that it's completely implausible and they, that they really should have no future together. But um, if you take my wife and I, God take my, that sounds like a really dodgy Bernard Manning joke. Um, in the example of my wife and I, um, she's a very stylish person. I'm extremely scruffy. Um, she's clever. Um, I'm stupid. She likes the indoors. I like the outdoors. She wants a cat. I want a dog. Um, 
and uh, and we are very much in love. So if there is hope for us, there has to be hope for Kate and Jacob. There has to be, you know. And it makes you hope, though, to tempts you to trust life again. You know that one day supporters of Celtic and Rangers might dance hand in hand down the <laughs> London road. <laughs> Plus they only have to be compatible for about 35 episodes a year, which is only about 12 minutes apiece. That's easy. <laughs> Even I could manage that. They are going to have a very long and very successful relationship. Just you wait and see. I listened to Iris's uh, record and I really enjoyed it. So I, I listened to some more. Um, so so keep that up. That was great. Nope. Um, I don't have anything more to say. So um, as my grandfather used to say, may the skin of your arse never cover a banjo. Cheerio. Bye-bye, Christopher. Uh, just very quickly, uh, quick notes. Um, such was the response from our Iris's uh, musical ditty at the end of this week's episode, that we've started a a new tradition here at Dumdy Dum, which is we will play out the show to a bit of Iris's music. And this week's is a corker. Just saying. Anyway, um, did you have anything to say to to Christopher? Uh, Because his main point was that Jacob and Kate would never get it together. But yes, they would, because opposites attract. It's ebony and ivory living together in perfect harmony. That type of, like, <laughs> mushy thing. Go. I know. Well, it's a very good point that they only have to they only have to get on for 35 episodes a year. That's true. We'd all get on if we only had to live with each other for 35 episodes a year, wouldn't we? Um, yeah, well, I, I applaud your optimism, Christopher. And let's face it, Kate was never going to get with anybody kind of completely normal was she she was never she was always going to end up with somebody unusual because anybody who had sort of um uh tolerance who had a, a, a sort of a healthy self-respect and uh whatever else uh although i think Jacob does have that but it, it, anybody who was just kind of uh, which is sane, really, would would run a mile from Kate. So, yeah, I can, I can, if anyone, would, if the if the black spot had to land somewhere, then it's probably best off with Jacob. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Well, only time will tell whether they're um, a marriage made in heaven. Who would have thought, Lucy, some seven years ago, that you and I would still be banging away at it, you know, come... 2020. Beg your pardon? You heard Oh, me. I see. Yes. Seven years? Mm, think about it. Is it? Mm. I don't want to think about it. That's... <laughs> right, next call! <laughs> right, up below at East West Side, bish bosh bang, have a bit of this. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Angus is keeping one paw in my hands to keep me from touching my face and holding the phone with his other while I talk. So I'll keep it brief today. <laughs> Just a couple of points to make. First off, by the time we're all listening to this, we'll know if Tom's ring is in the cake. Well, duh, of course it is, which will mean that he will have been caught out on his dumb scheme of bandaging his finger. Hopefully Natasha will have taken it all with some humor. But please, Tom, do not take relationship advice from your father ever again. In fact, you should probably go outside the immediate family for such counsel. 
Next point, and I'm sure that Lucy has already said all of this. It was one thing to listen to Ed and Emma failing to communicate their feelings, but I almost became apoplectic upon hearing that scene between Linda and Freddie in which Linda couldn't get a word in edgewise to apologize in between Freddie's rants. He didn't even pause to take a breath. This is not the way people talk to each other. It's as if we were listening to a spoof of the archers. So come on, scriptwriters, enough of this plot gimmick. That's all I got today, and <laughs> Angus is barking, so I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> yes, you see, even Angus was exercised by it. They have to stop doing this. It's ridiculous. It happens such a lot, and it does not happen in real life. I don't think it even happens on any other soap opera I can think of. Mm. Yeah. Certainly not as often. You are right, and there has been a, such a spate of it recently that there's no other way to categorise it other than it's just lazy writing. It's utterly lazy writing. Um, I don't think that it's just unique to the archers. I think that this is... Um, a proper trope but we've had it so much recently that it just beggars belief I, I i kind of believe also that the very fact that it's kind of on radio makes it kind of like doubly annoying um yeah the, the, bec- mm. because we only have this as a way to, to gauge the communication there's no visual cue you can't see where people are actually positioned whatever so you always think that they're absolutely facing each other so they would absolutely get the non-verbal cue let alone the verbal cue like shut up i'm saying something listen to me i'm trying to apologize it 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 is incredibly annoying incredibly annoying she she could have just butted right in and said i'm sorry i I know i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry you know and if you say that the other person stops talking exactly Exactly. Because you're saying what they want to hear. Mm. And um, she started it off by saying, Freddie, she didn't start off by saying, and like I said in my monologue, she she didn't start off by saying, Freddie, I want to talk to you. I'm really sorry that I da-da-da-da-da. She started off by saying, I appreciate how hard you've worked to, you know, rehabilitate yourself, which just gave him, you know, pushed the door open for him to start ranting about how much he's, you know, trying and all that stuff. Um He's very trying. And, oh no, poor little me. But it, um, it, 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 it's kind of, it just didn't clang right. It, it clanged really wrongly that it was, that she didn't start off by saying, Wait a minute, Lucy, I'm can anything sorry. clang right? Surely clang. No, I know that's why I said it's it, a negative. it clanged wrong. I changed it to clang wrongly. Um, but also, also, when and then when she was despairing with Shula and everything, I can't do anything right, blah, blah, blah. Linda is a writer. Linda writes entire plays. She writes news pieces. Why doesn't she just send a letter to him? She can drop it through his door. She lives about 100 bloody yards away. If he won't listen to her when she talks, write him a letter. Mm. You know, it's absolute bollocks, this, and I'm fed up with it. <laughs> <sighs> oh well, and so was Angus. He was he was. Yeah, Angus didn't away. like it one little bit, did he? No, nope. poor, poor little pooch. All right, so um, that was with a spoon. Uh, now we have um, another call. Uh, this person is called something, and I forgot to name their clip, so I'm just going to press the button, <laughs> and all will be revealed. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dum. Ah, Merlin. From New Jersey, and looks like I'm going to be from New Jersey for a little bit longer as all our travel seems to have been cancelled. 
uh, Witherspoon gave us a shout out last weekend, which was nice last week. Uh, actually, our head office used to be in Summit, which he mentioned. So I've visited there a number of times, but our head office has now moved to Madison. So I live in Chester, not Princeton, as he guessed, but not too far off. And he mentioned Morristown, which I drive through every day. So, yep, fairly good knowledge of the area. And onto the arches. Oh, the Ring Saga. Not quite as good as Wagner. But yes, the Ring Saga, straight mm-hmm. out of farce. And although it's obvious what's happened to the Ring, they seem to be dragging it out longer than they do some of the more serious subjects. So hopefully they'll just get that over and done with quickly so we can forget about that particular one. And the other thing is the loving everyone has had with Ben recently, saying how wonderful he is, this lovely boy and everything like that. Well, hopefully now we can see he suffers from exactly the same entitlement as Pip and Josh and expects everything. So we're back to a normal Archer's family situation. Nice to talk to you. Mm. Thanks for listening. And I'll speak to you next week. Uh, Bye. Merlin, I've got big love for you, sir. However, I couldn't disagree more about our Ben. Uh, Number one, he is 18 or soon Mm. to be 18. So he's hardly a fully formed adult. And um, the youngest child of a family always complains about being forgotten, overlooked, (laughs) etc., And that's exactly what's happened here. Now, Mm -hmm. the last time I kind of like looked at things and stuff, looked at my children's birthdays, um, they come around at the same time every year. So you have time to plan. And the one thing I would never... Are you serious? They come around the same time every year. They do. They do, Lucy. I know they do. It's their birthdays. Exactly. You know, so (laughs) how is this a surprise? For Ruth and yeah. David, yeah. Let alone yeah. it's their eighteen. It's the boys' eighteenth, and yeah, they've set a precedent, rightly yeah. or wrongly. And mm. another caller does mention this later. Rightly or wrongly, they've set a precedent of you get a car. You know, dug themselves a hole there. Now, the other thing that I would say as well is Ruth banging on about saying we're really overdrawn. At the moment mm. with the business account. What's that got to do with the personal account? Yeah. That the yeah. The, the two shouldn't be linked at all. No. Now, no. Uh so I'm sorry, if I was Ben, I'd be pissed. Right? If he gets a box of Toblerone and a cherry's chocolate orange and a handshake for his birthday, and his two siblings <laughs> have had cars, I'm yeah. sorry, you'd be pissed. Yeah. Should yep. they be buying their children cars for their birthdays? Well, even Pip is saying it's not really fair. Because it's, it's not. I no, don't, it's not. I don't understand how any reasonable adult could actually look at this and go, build a rod for your backs yeah. there, Ruth and David. Uh, you have to just follow through. Yeah. And yeah. this is no surprise. You've known for 18 years that this day was going to come. And you've known for 365 from his 17th birthday, that his 18th birthday was going to happen. Just saying. Anyway, that's my rant over. I couldn't have, I couldn't disagree more with people that say that Ben is being entitled. 
Yeah, make no. I, for once, I completely and utterly agree with you, Royfield. No, you said for once you completely and utterly agree with me last week as well. Okay, for twice, I completely <laughs> and utterly agree with you, Royfield. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've actually shot my bolt way too soon, really, because our next caller, Inera, um, as a touch of the Merlins, actually. So. Uh, good people of Dumdy Dumland, just pretend like I haven't gone on like a two-minute rant, and you haven't <laughs> heard that because here is another caller in era of which mm, I disagree with. Good afternoon, Lucy Royfield, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Margot from New Jersey. I'd like to firstly thank Witherspoon for inviting me to the next New York meetup. As I avoid social media, I'll reach out and good guess on my location, but I live just slightly outside of the capital of Trenton. Emma and Ed are finally heading to divorce. It didn't appear that either of these two were really interested in putting the work into their relationship in an attempt to fix it. Although this could be a setup by the writers for a grand rekindling, I do hope the two go their separate way and instead are a visible example of a successful co-parenting relationship in Ambridge, instead of having one half of the parental unit mysteriously disappearing. Why does Ben need Mm. a car purchased for him? I understand Ruth and David did purchase cars for their other two children, but they have put forth a lot of money into the hope of hosting events at Brookfield. But cars are expensive, as is all the other stuff that goes along with it. Trips to the mechanic, insurance, cars are a really extravagant gift and maybe shouldn't be a gift at all. And instead, let it be a lesson for Ben in saving his money and budgeting. I'm glad that Linda did finally attempt to apologize to Freddie, but it's sad that he wasn't able to listen to her in that moment. I don't know how she's going to fix their working relationship, but I do hope that Freddie is given a chance to prove himself in a promotion of some sort at Grey Gables. Our ex-convict needs a second chance to prove himself successful. Tom lost his wedding ring. What will no Kasha think? I'm rather looking forward to him not finding it, just to see how it plays out. That's all from me this week. May you have a lovely week, and don't forget to buy some hand sanitizer. Mm. Thank you, Margot. Um, I believe that Freddie may well find a way to redeem himself this week. That is all I am saying. Thanking you. Mm. Um, also, you've got to remember that Ed dumped Emma and Emma was never quite sure why he dumped her. She didn't really understand apart from he was saying, I'm just not good enough. And that was as much as he could get. That was as far as he could get. If someone's dumped you, you don't want to follow them round and uh, weeping and saying, but what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? So I think it wasn't that they (laughs) didn't work at it. They just didn't understand. They were both too reticent and both too kind of confused and hurt to actually go there. If, if, you know, if one party's had an affair, then you can sit down and talk about it and da 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 da. But when it's just kind of... Generally, you you don't talk it's a lot of shouting that no, goes on then you hit each other or whatever but, but yeah but, but um, you are right though if, it gives you a, a yeah. much easier in to yeah. um there's a thing when it's just i'm face. not good enough yeah. yeah when it's just i'm not good enough for you uh yes you are no i'm not it, you know that's that's it you're just stuck there's nowhere really you can you can go um and um i don't think as well that um, I don't know where Trenton is, so I don't know how busy that area is or what sort of place that is. But I am telling you that when I was brought up in the country and when you are 18, having a car 
is like a lifeline. There is no, and I'm not kidding, no, where my where my mum lives, there is so, the public transport is unbelievably restricted. It's like one bus in in the morning, one bus out in the afternoon. That's it. Mm. You cannot walk because there are no pavements because it's all A roads. You can't walk anywhere safely at night. Uh, there are, there's no Uber. There's no anything like that. There are minicabs that cost a fortune, way more expensive than having your own own old banger car. Um, when you are on a farm, you can put the car on the farm insurance. So that brings the cost down. Um, I don't think it, it, yes, it is an extravagant gift in the big scheme of things. But for an 18 year old living in the country, you know, you can't get to work. You can't, you rely on lifts from other people constantly. And it's, you know, it's awful. So I really, um, I really do sympathize uh, with him. Mm. And, you know, it would be different if the other two hadn't had cars and he just went, I want a car. Um, but the fact that they have, and it was sort of like, wait, it's my turn. And then they're like, no, 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 no. Mm. Um, so, yes, I disagree with you, Mogot. Yes. Unfortunately. Um, and, I, and I second that. It's one of the consequences of deregulation of public transport on, in the 80s. One of the consequences has subsequently been that you've had more young people having to leave uh, rural Britain because they can't get to work. There aren't the job opportunities. You know, the two things are inextricably linked. And I must admit, I hadn't thought um, about it in that way, how isolating it can actually be if you're a young person and you physically just just can't get around because I grew up in the city. But as I yeah. said, it just goes to, to underline um, that his, his attitude privileged, you could argue that it is, but actually situationally and then through the dynamics of the family is every right to be pissed. And mm. all I can hope is that this is some, some kind of wheeze that they're just kind of gently winding yeah. him up really and yeah. and it's going to have like a, a good you know second hand car you know there for his birthday yeah. because they can just get josh to nick him one it'd be fine <laughs> true that true that anyway uh so that was uh that was somebody in new jersey in in trenton famous battle that in trenton in the american war of independence Can't, i think we beat them I think we did or, of course we did or mm, ultimately we lost though loose or i think the ah. battle of trenton might be the only battle that george washington won there's something about the battle of trenton i think it's the only ah. george washington right not even a little known fact but americans whisper this it was actually in battle a bad general george washington good at retreating if you ever want to retreat Keep your army together. You get <laughs> he George. Your man. He's your man, <laughs> right? Him there with his wooden teeth. He's your man, right? You want to win a battle? You don't call him. Yorktown, where the British surrendered. George Washington, nowhere near. All the battles with the significant battles which American America wins in the War of, of Independence. George Washington, nowhere near, apart from maybe Trenton. Somebody's probably going to call in next week and tell me I'm I'm wrong. 
about the Battle of Trenton, but not about George Washington's competence about winning battles. Anyway, moving swiftly on, here's somebody with a chip on his shoulder. It's Trev, and he's married to Babs. <laughs> Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Babs and Trev here. Babs, I really enjoyed last week's show, but you got a shock, didn't you? I did, Trev. Royfield, small island shaming of St Lucia. Yep. So unexpected. I laughed when I heard it and got some very funny looks on the tube. Nothing new there. Yeah, yeah, Babs. See, everyone with a Caribbean heritage is familiar with the small island jibe. It probably inspired the title of Andrea Levy's book of the same name, where, ironically, the small island referred to was Jamaica in comparison to Britain. Island size is relative, after all. This is all a bit weird. Only in the UK could two black guys be comparing island sizes on a podcast about the archers. <laughs> Indeed. Royfield, mate, we love you, but to borrow a phrase from another podcaster, you're better than that. I'm not going to malign the wonderful island peoples and achievements of, of Jamaica. In return, I'm better than that. I'll even concede that a podcast called How St. Lucia Conquered the World would be very short. Mm-hmm. What I will say, in praise of the simply beautiful St. Lucia, Helen of the West Indies, is that although small, she has a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and not one, but two, count them two, Nobel Prize winners. This means San Lucie Belle Pays holds the accolade of most Nobel Prize laureates per capita in the world. How's that for culture, Royfield? Mic drop, I think. Okay, um, enough now. No, no, let's get no, back no, on topic. No. <laughs> yes, let's. I thought this week was to borrow Douglas Adams' description of her, mostly harmless. Johnny fessed up about his hair supplements. Linda tried to perform an act of contrition on Freddie, who was having none of it. And Tom couldn't find his ring piece with both hands. For me, I always admire those clever dumpty dummers who share their expertise. Well, I used to be a graphic designer. And I can confidently state that it takes more than a typographical treatment to rebound a business. I also know about cocktails because I've drunk a lot of them. Peach snaps, tequila <laughs> and cranberry. Oh, mm. it's just wrong. Well, that's all from us. Love and hugs to all. Bye. Right. Before I'll... you start, <laughs> I have to go at 6.15. <laughs> Okay, so let's take a deep breath. This is going to be. And let it all go. <laughs> now, nice to know that he listens to the 606 podcast uh, with the, the great Chris Sutton, who was once a striker for, for Birmingham City in the mid mid noughts. So, uh, so yes, uh, you're, you're, you're better than that, is, is Chris Sutton. So, uh, so we, we listen to uh, the, the same podcast. However, there is absolutely Good. no Good, so we're all way. friends out of this to talk about. Excellent. Next caller. No, 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 no. <laughs> <sighs> I am go. Okay. Number one. We have influenced global civil rights through deed, through music, and through action like no other country, right? Arguably, 20th century civil rights starts with Marcus Garvey, a Jamaican who goes to New York and uh, and creates uh, the seed that will give us people like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, etc., etc. in the 60s. He raised up uh, the consciousness of black people who always thought up until that point that we were second class citizens of the world and that was our place. 
a son of the island of Jamaica. The third most successful country in the realm of popular music. First comes the United States. Second comes the United Kingdom. Third, the small island of Jamaica. Population of the United States, 340 million. Population of the United Kingdom, 65 million. Population of the island of Jamaica, 2.7 million. Thirdly, thirdly, the island of Jamaica has spawned one of the most influential sects of Christianity, which doesn't go around shooting people, doing weird things and knocking on people's doors unexpected at all hours of the day. Rastafarianism comes out of the island of Jamaica. (laughs) Right. I give you cool DJ Herc. Without the island of Jamaica, there'd be no hip hop. A Jamaican immigrant goes off in 1968 to the Bronx in New York and he goes to parties and he tries to play his reggae music to these unsuspecting Americans and they go, we're not having that. So he talks on the mic over soul and funk records. It becomes hip hop. How many gold medals has the island of St. Lucia won in the Olympics, Lucy? I'll tell you, none, ever. We've had 23 from a population of 2.7 million people, which means per head of the population, the island of Jamaica is the most successful Olympic nation ever. Period. End of. Full stop. Move on. Goodbye. Yes, I did. Or did I make that up? No, okay. I did. All right, you you really are moving on, aren't you? I am, because Good. I have to go. <laughs> yes. Hello, Oy. this is Carolyn in Yorkshire, in Leeds. I'm the person who suggested we organise a meet-up. Oh, well, um, so ah. what I'm looking for right now is expressions of interest from anybody who lives in this part of the world. Um, I'll put messages on the various social media sites. If you're not on social media, then perhaps Royfield might you. Um, pass any expressions on to me. I will do, we'll find out where everybody lives and then we'll look for a mutually convenient place and time. So as I'm now not a non-caller in a um, I need to go through <laughs> the gears. So here I am, I'm in Leeds. I work for a children's charity. Um, when I was a child, my mum had Radio 4 on at all times in the kitchen until the archers came on because she couldn't stand the archers. So the first drum would sound and she'd be off across the kitchen. By the second drum, it'd be turned off. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Dad and I had to listen to the arches when it was on in the car 
when she wasn't there to stop Aww. us. Um, so I don't really know what my first um, character is. My first storyline that I clearly remember is that Clary got engaged to Eddie and Jethro was really upset. And I also remember Elizabeth returning just from school around about that time. So maybe my first character might be Mrs. Antropus, the dog lady. Not sure and not being able to calculate it. So then I had 25 years where I hardly listened at all. Um, I had all those kids to bring up and work to go to and things. But recently when the uh, Helen Coercive control story came up, I started listening again. And you know what? You can have 25 years off and not very much has changed. Although I can remember <laughs> things, oh, where's Nigel gone? And who's this jazzer seller? But on the whole, I could follow what was going on. And then my lovely colleague, Michelle, told me all about Dumpty Dum. And now I'm hooked. It's a big joy every week to listen to you both, and I can't get into Dumpty Dum. So you record the longest shows you like. That's fine <laughs> by me. Um, and thank you to Michelle for putting me um, in contact with you all. So once again, get in touch if you'd like to meet up in the Leeds area. It'd be really nice to meet everybody. And thank you big time, jo- um, Lucy and Roy Fields, for all that you do for this community. Take care. Bye. Mm. Bye. Uh, just, just thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Whoever you are, for Michelle. for, for oh, yes, introducing that, that lovely Carolyn. Yes, yes. yes. Um, it's Andrew Disbury. Um, he would. Ah, uh, yes. He wants to hook up and uh, get dumdy dumming with you in Leeds. Um, I'll just give a little po- a little bit of advice when it comes to doing meetups. Um, gr- just decide on a day and stick to it. And just decide on a place and just stick to it. That's my that's my gut here. So, um, Andrew and Carolyn, um, I'm going to get you guys together on 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 the emails, and then you just say, right, you pick a Saturday, you pick a Friday evening after work, whatever the heck it is, and you go bang, that's what it is, and uh, you 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 decide on that date, and trust me, they will come. They'll be flocking in their droves. Uh, to the corn market or whatever, wherever the hell you decide to have it up there in Leeds. And I love Leeds and I miss Leeds a lot. And I went there for college and I just love Leeds. I, lo- I miss it a lot. Anyway, wish I could be with you. Also, I won't be able to be with you, but I wish I could. Uh, Lucy. Also, Carolyn, you are the first person I've ever come across whose mother didn't listen. Yes. And because everyone says... I li- my mother always listened and it was on in the kitchen. Da, 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 da. You're the first person whose mother actually turned it off. So I think <laughs> you win a, some sort of special award for this. I don't quite know what, but anyway. Um, we have two emails. Can I do them quickly? Yes, please. One is from Mark Atkins, mm-hmm. who says, Lieber Lucy and Royfield, as a long-time listener to Dumpty Dum and as a recently naturalised Staatsburger, you can tell Royfield he is not going to be arrested for singing the first verse of uh, das, sorry, das Deutschlandlied, nor the second, which is about German wine and German women. The third verse is only sung by convention and the first two verses are not banned by any German law. The melody composed by Haydn was also used by the Austro-Hungarian Empire up to 1918 with different lyrics. Then it was called the Kaiserlied and dedicated to the Emperor Franz Josef. Hope this clears things up. Anyway, Royfeld could always sing the pre-1919 German national anthem. Heil dir im Siegerkranz, which has the same tune as God Save the Queen. So even he shouldn't cock that one up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he c- says, course that aus Heidelberg, Mark. Thank you very much, Mark. I think, right, so we did receive an email 
after I sang uh, Deutschland uh, Uber Alice. I, we did receive an email. It has to be said, this person wasn't German. And I think that maybe um, because of history, uh, us non-Germans have, we're, we're very sensitive to um, any display of German nationality. Uh, and maybe in this respect, you know, you Germans and, and people who actually live in Germany are a little bit more relaxed about it. But after I got the email saying, dude, you can't be doing that, I did do a wiki and the Wikipedia did say the Germ the West German government stopped singing it in 1952. So it's not... So there, there is the law, there's the convention, there's people's sensibilities and they all can be somewhat mushy. But you read it in black and white. And as of 1952, because the Nazis were so fervent with saying that Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber, Alles means Germany, Germany above all nations, which is not the way it was first written. It was written um, pre-1848 when Germany was a, a, a collection of some 30-odd different statelets. And it meant we need to have a Germany above all else. So the the Nazis did corrupt it, but you understand that um, there is the national sensibility, there is the political sensibility about singing it, and then there is people just being somewhat relaxed. But reading it in black and white, and if you're a Brit, you go, oh, God, oh, God, no. Right, so... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but what, what, one of the lovely things which has come out of it is that uh, we have some of our lovely Iris's music at the end of this week's show. So there you go. That's our yeah. that's our reparations for for me putting my foot into German uh, national hymn singing sensibilities and just like getting it slightly wrong. Anyway, another email. Um. We've had another email from lovely Michael Rowan, who looked after me so splendiferously oh. uh, last week. And I won't read it. He said nice things about me, which I won't read out. Oh. But uh, the bit at the end is funny. Um, he said, uh, not sure if a first time writer in needs to answer the questions in the same way as the first time caller in But just in case, I am a Will Grundy, yay lucky me, as I started listening in 1983. Um, on last week's Dumpty Dum, Lucy very kindly offered me a job as her celebrity liaison person, which I'm very happy to accept. <laughs> as Lucy didn't mention the salary when she made the job offer, I have given it some thought and would like to suggest £40 or £50 per hour. If this is not acceptable, I can probably stretch to 60 but that has to be my final <laughs> offer. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. That's very sweet. And thank you again for looking after me so nicely. <laughs> Smashing. Um, nothing is decided, folks, but uh, there might be a, a, a conjoining, uh, a commingling uh, next year um, of various um, Archers fan, fan events. So um, nothing's confirmed. Not putting the cart before the horse, but um, you never know. You never know. You never know. Right. So that's the end of the emails. Now we're going to uh, press a button and have uh, an advert uh, followed by a touch of Millie Bell. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good day, everyone. Well, I'd like to concentrate on three of our discussions this week. Uh, one of them was incredibly popular. Uh, but the first one is about Ed and Emma, whether they came close to a rapprochement, or, I said that with my Linda voice, by the way, or were we being over-optimistic? Uh, but Barb Danielson said, I hope they get back together. And Lynn Wynne Davison said, I thought Emma was excellent. Her voice was kind of near to tears, very realistic. Elizabeth Emerson said, why doesn't one of them say something? Clary or Susan or even the Sainty Tracy would surely act as emissary. Emma is proud but miserable and poor Ed is just crushed. Scriptwriters, it's time to resolve this. Francesca Dimick said their breakup was so weird to me. I don't know if I always if I always go out with drama queens or what, but my breakup seemed to go through weeks of arming and ahhing before the nail goes in the coffin. This was one conversation. Seems bizarre to me after years of marriage and kids. I absolutely agree with you, Francesca. It did seem a little abrupt. But then it was at a dramatic time for Emma, wasn't it? Uh, And Elizabeth Byrne said, the sooner the better. Perhaps Ed will save Emma from a dragon or something. (laughs) Uh, I thought maybe too much uh, Walt Disney there. Uh, The next discussion was so popular and it was around whether Ruth and David should feel obliged to buy Ben a car. And I must admit, I was so surprised by Pip uh, advocating on behalf of Ben, but mainly because I thought she must realise what the finances of the farm are and that things change. And that doesn't mean you you might say, for example, you can't have a car now because we can't afford it, but we realise that down the track this is something that we would have to do because we did it for the others. Anyway, Joda Banks said, although expecting a car is bratty and privileged, if you did it for the first two, you really should for the third, I think, or it's grossly unfair. I mean, they've known for 18 years when this day was coming, so they could have planned. Lynn Griffiths said the way they're treating Ben is setting them up for future conflict and resentment, particularly as they have spent a lot of money on the barn without apparently considering the fact that their youngest child will shortly be 18. What is odd is that both of them seem to to have almost forgotten about the forthcoming birthday and not planned for it. As the youngest of three siblings, I can sympathise with Ben. As to him, it will seem most unfair that the others have been treated differently and he will not forget it. 
And I do agree with you, Lynn, but I also think that they were investing in the future finances of the farm when they did the barn. I'm not sure that it's fair to buy a birthday present before you invest in your business. I mean, that's just my opinion. Christine Coulson said, can argue both sides to this, but it's a yes from me. You can't do it for the first two and not for the third. Especially, although I can't think of any examples where this did happen at Brookfield, if they have pulled the, your sibling didn't get that, do that at your age. Uh, Meg Dell at Atana said, yes, in general, I would say no, because nobody should expect a car, but they got themselves into this stupid position to give child A and child B a car or whatever big gesture and then not to do the same for child C is inexcusable and basically asking for a justified lifetime of resentment. Lots more than that. That really was an incredibly popular post and lots of people got involved, which I love. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, The last one that I wanted to share with you was uh, just a discussion after the Saturday episode. Uh, We said that it was very interesting to hear Oliver demonstrating excellent leadership skills under pressure. And also Philip was really accommodating about the emergency needs of the local business, Great Gables. And we, we asked the question, is this The Archers at its very best and a relief from Brexit and coronavirus? Or we asked, do you prefer the episodes with a bit of drama? KJ Johansson said, I thought most of the episode I heard, which wasn't all, was tripe. I don't care about Tom's baked ring and who on earth owns a metal detector? Actually, some people replied and said they owned a metal detector. But anyway, uh, Matthew Penny said, I thought Freddie's demolition of Linda was brilliantly written. Uh, Jean Bell said, I guess all this goodwill and cooperation is leading us up the garden path towards a load of drama. Judith Lawrence said, I prefer this, though I prefer more those with even less drama. What's happening in the WI and Nitter Natter and the book club and the cider club? And with the bell ringers? What is Bert planting towards the flower and produce show? How are the plans for the May Fair going? Why haven't we heard more about the lent appeal? <laughs> uh, Janina Kraski said, yep, definitely prefer these kinds of episodes. And Rosalind Drew Crow said, so prefer the gentle stuff, thank you. There was definitely a range of opinions there. And so it was another great week for us, so thank you very, very much. Uh, we are gradually growing in the number of people who follow our page. We're just shy of 2,800. So thank you to everybody who is following us and who is recommending us to friends. And we welcome all new people to Facebook and to Dumpty Dum, of course. And that's me for the moment. Uh, So next week, you will be in the capable hands of Yokel Bear. Until I speak to you in a fortnight, I say to you, hooroo. Thank you for that, Millie Bell. That was most awesome. Thank you. Uh, Lucy, uh, Mirror headlines thank you very much okay thank you to every i'm now getting so many of these it's <laughs> everybody in the world is sending me headlines okay uh pig starts did you farm get one from donald trump ex- yes listen to me pig really? starts farm fire by exact <laughs> you didn't get one from donald trump no Ergo, i didn't do it wasn't get everybody in the world Just do you want me to do this or not? Yes, please. Pig starts farm fire by excreting pedometer. I did see that one. <laughs> that was, everybody saw that one. Um, <laughs> this was from the Yorkshire Press, something press. Anyway, it looks like somewhere in Yorkshire. Man armed himself with pickaxe during row at wake. 
And this one is my... <laughs> it's the mind boggles up there, I tell you. Um, this is my favourite. Uh, this was sent by Auntie Jean. Mother of woman who bit airline pilot blames Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Right, do you want tweets for me? Oh, yes, please, Lucy. Uh, Ginger Beans, we need a topical insert about the run-on bog roll at the village shop. Maybe Linda (laughs) and Lillian's feud could escalate over the last four-pack of Andrex with Sergeant Carpet having to taser them both. Uh, Mr. Snodes, I hope they're not overblowing the introduction again. Emma's decision better be bigger than fish fingers or turkey dinosaurs. Uh, Patricia Plonska was uh, live tweeting the archers, uh, the, the academic archers, the academic archers, uh, and was talking about um, the sort of the roundup at the end of the omnibus last week. And she and everyone was saying, apparently, good turnout, very yes. Kerry Davis used up his entire allowance of character appearances. <laughs> it's like Weight Watchers. He's rolling over his weekly points for Little Xander. <laughs> Monday's episode will just be Jim doing a soliloquy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd quite like that. Um, Peggy Woolley. Fair play to Kathy Perks and Usha. They've been self-isolating for the past eight <laughs> years. Hashtag coronavirus. And... Is this tweet of the week? Uh, yep. Exeter Dormouse. One minute. That's the wrong one. Bloody hell. But, uh, Again. Uh, <laughs> yes. It was the wrong one exactly this time <laughs> last right. week. I've Sorry, Lucy. Is this tweet of the week? <laughs> yes, it is. Wizard. There you go. You can talk over it, you know. Okay, I know, I always feel a bit embarrassed. Um, Ruth, you've got a point, Ben. We gave Pippa Carr for her 18th. We gave Josh a car for his 18th. So I can see why you might think we'd give you a car for your 18th, Ben. So, Ruth, to be honest, you were in your room for 16 years and we forgot you existed. No offence. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Exeter Dormouse. <laughs> Right, we've got 10 minutes. Dumdidum.com, go there, it's got a shop, it's got awesome things you can do. You can buy mugs, t-shirts, caps, hats, underwear that say dum-de-dum, dum-de-bum, and dum-de-tea, and all manner of great things. Um, Patreon.com, go there, you can help us to keep the lights on around here at Dum Dum Towers by going on to Patreon.com and giving us $2 per show. Uh, you actually have some content. Uh, this week coming your way which is our Lucy's uh, year in Ambridge which uh, she she delivered this to the academic archers it was a great uh, a great kind of after dinner thing that our Lucy did and everybody gave her a rip roaring round of applause and high fived her and kind of like just like fist bumped her and it was awesome because she's funny like that so if you want if you want to pretend (laughs) that you were at the Academic Archers. If you want to relive that moment, if you want to go back in time to a week last Saturday, um, you can do that if you're a member of Patreon because you'll get exclusive content. Only you, not the riffraff, that just like download the podcast, never contribute at all, just listen to it, giggle away, and then just don't support us. But if you put your hand in your pocket, ooh, you get the good stuff. You get Lucy and her (laughs) monologue which is exclusive right um so that's patreon.com uh do you want to read something else out now 
Yes, I'm never on the right bit, am I? Ever, ever. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. Can I just quickly jump in? And there's also yes. this. Well, hello, dumpty dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here. We're the company that provides, for absolutely no recompense at all, the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a Dumpty Dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. Simply call 0203 031 3105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the Dumpty Dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting, or, well, however you're performing it yourself. It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 0203-031-3105. He's got a lovely voice. He has. I said, like, I said to him, does he want to do my role? Because like, he sounded really quite very... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sounded like that. Anyway, as you were, uh, you were rattling through things. Uh. Y- Yes, we've finished, haven't we? No, because we haven't just... done Twitter. You won't do Facebook, so I've got to do Facebook. Oh, yes, okay. So you can find um, Yoko Bear at Dumpty Dum, which is at Dumpty Dum. Uh, I am at Lucy V. Freeman, and Royfeld is at... Royfield. And uh, if you don't fancy <laughs> the Twitters, because you see it as like a bit too hard and loose for you and whatever and you like things a little bit more sedate maybe you like facebook you can go onto facebook and you can type in dumpty dum and have a bit of facebook uh via dumpty dum so so do that and that's just about the end of the show uh, you've got to run somewhere in approximately seven I minutes have... where are you going i've just got to take my daughter to work oh well where does she work mm. uh, she's a lifeguard at the david lloyd gym crumbs awesome mm. responsibility does she wear yes, a red bathing suit she, she's she does she does and she spent uh she did a week's intensive training mm-hmm. and now she tells me that her entire job consists of buzzing through in a walkie-talkie and saying matt someone's been sick again in the pool <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's what she does that's why she earns the big money <laughs> and he has to come along with a net and catch the sick in a net Ooh. and then and then filter it all and it's all appalling Eesh. yes Eesh. Mm. well um i don't know what to tell you what have you learned from this week's episode of dumpty dum lucy uh well i learned a lot about the german national anthem mm-hmm. i learned that uh trevor will rue the day he ever mentioned <laughs> 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 uh on um on on this podcast well you know and just don't try it. and out island me that's the thing okay because I've got that, like, done. Yeah. I've done 26 episodes <laughs> out isling in everybody. So oh, just oh, don't oh. even try can I, it. Can I just... Go on. I'm not... The same thing happened to me this morning. Somebody tried to mansplain the archers to me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, because... But I honestly thought... I said gay grables, and they said, actually, I think it's grey gables. <laughs> And I just, <laughs> I didn't know whether to laugh or rush across the room and strangle them. So, <laughs> anyway. yes. By the way. I just said, I know. Yes. 
can I just say, the uh, I know Saint Lucia is a wonderful and beautiful island, and um, I have beep 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 beep. beep, beep. <laughs> Brown reversing. Well, well, the thing is, you know, it's small. You know, it, it it hasn't really offended anybody. It's just there doing its thing, a little little pebble in the Eastern Caribbean. But considering it's such a small but beautiful island, um, you know, it does have a unique place in world history because it's the only official, officially francophone country which is part of the Commonwealth, and uh, ditto the only English-speaking country which is uh, part of the uh, official Francophone world. It used to be a French colony before the British came and nabbed it in the early 19th century. So there is this French Creole patter which is spoken there, uh, though English is the official language. And Maisha, my my daughter, is half St. Lucian, so I can't slag it off that much. There you go. Good. There you go. There you go. Hands across the Caribbean... Jamaicans and St. Lucians hugging each other in bonhomie, brotherly love. Yes, and hands across the David Lloyd gym, which is where I need to be. Uh, So (laughs) you go, you do your thing. Okay. I'm going to end this episode by saying you've had St. Lucia, you've had Jamaica, you've had Ambridge, forward slash England. Now it's back to Germany. It's Munster. It's our Irish and a rockabilly hippie. What are they? Folk Ensemble. This track is entitled Hibernation. And trust me, folks, this will not put you to sleep. Thank you all. <laughs> Bye.
Die Kraft der Sonne erreicht mich nicht. Lass mich jetzt schlafen, nur dies Jahr. Spätestens Mai bin ich Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 